Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders, and this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets. I'm so thankful and grateful that you're joining us. If you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to really thank you for listening in. If you're watching this on Facebook, thank you so much. Make sure to like and share. That really helps us out here. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hey, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. Here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means or if you'd like to partner with us we have many ministries here we have benevolence ministries we have missions programs international missions programs uh, we help out with local charities if you want to partner with us i want to encourage you to go to our website at www.churchofvictoria.com there's a donate button right at the top of the page just click that and follow the steps or we take donations through paypal we really appreciate anything you send um, and we'll use it the right way Absolutely. We will. Absolutely. Anything that you donate goes directly to the ministries that we are involved in. That's exactly in. right. This is just one of the many ministries that we have. Yep. And we're looking at starting some more in the fall. I'm excited to get it done. Yeah. It's going to be I'm excited be to fun. see what it's going to be. A whole lot of whole lot of irons in the fire, right? Oh, oh, okay. very much. Very probably, much. Probably too many. Well, but we'll you do know, a few. COVID uh COVID may have shut things down, but we didn't stop. No, we didn't. We just started no. planning. We just start planning different. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's this really is, great. And this is one of them. If it hadn't been for COVID, we we might not have been doing this. Absolutely, no. You're you're 100 percent right. If it wasn't for COVID, we'd probably not be doing this at all. Yeah. So very, you know, grateful for that aspect. Absolutely. You know, God has a way of taking a, a problem and turning it into a blessing. He does indeed. We just have to be focused that way. That's right. You ready? Well, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 35. Uh, we're going to be picking up from where we left off last week. Let's yep. pray. All right. Father, we thank you so much for the power of the word, for the for the opportunity we have to study it, and to uh, to learn, uh, to learn how you how you navigated through people and how you uh, how you still what kind of what kind of God you are, what kind of Father you are. We are so grateful for you, Father, and we're so grateful for the opportunity we have this this avenue to learn from. We pray your blessings upon us. We pray that you would uh, that you'd be with our audience, that uh, you'd be with Cole and I as we as we. Uh, uh, go through the text that we would say things that would help them to navigate through their own lives and see the see the power in their lives and see the power of God that is is possible for them in their lives and we thank you so much for that bless us Father as we move forward tonight and help us have a great study it's in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen All right Dan well let me let me ask you something before we jump into Genesis chapter thirty five here throughout your life of walking with God and, and working as an elder how often have you needed God to remind you of his promises? A lot. A lot, yeah. It, it, it gets, anybody's life gets tedious. Anybody's life can get, and I'm not going to say mundane, it just can get, it can get overwhelming at times. You know, when you have a, 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 a responsibility of being a father in a house and just being, a, uh, being about doing the things that a father should be doing to do the right things for his kids, it can get overwhelming. And you can get to a point where you forget, uh, where you forget just w- what what you're doing and why you're there, and uh, and you need you know, God to remind you. You know it can it can go it can get chaotic at times, uh, and I'm not talking about just my life. I'm just talking about people's lives in general. It can get chaotic, you know, for a, for a mother to be, uh, especially in our culture today, when you have so many mothers that have to work outside the home, and uh, and the the uh, the anxiety they must feel at times because they have to leave their children with with babysitters or leave them at daycare or something like that. And, and, uh, and you can get lost in all that. Yeah. And you can you have to be reminded that, that God truly is blessing us. He truly is there. He understands. 
and uh, and sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult. It's not just not just an elder's life. I mean, it's in anybody's life. My wife, you know, had would have to be uh, in that in that conversation as well because she's had to deal with with what I've had to deal with. She's had to deal with me being in in the kind of service that I do. So everybody has their problems. Everybody. You're raising young children. Mm-hmm. Man, I would not want to raise young children in this environment today. The the uh, the it's it can be overwhelmingly fearing fearful. Oh yeah. To yeah. raise children in this environment, and you can get to a point where it, when it starts to consume you, especially when you have multiple kids, and you have to you have to you have to sit down at some point, take a break, and say, God, now why am I doing this? <laughs> now, this was when was this going to be fun again? You know, and and we because so, we get overwhelmed with it, mm-hmm. and we need God to, and we need to go back and re, reboot and say, okay, you know, God's got a plan here. Mm-hmm. It's a, He's got blessings here. I need to focus on them and see them because we can get very cynical, we can get very uh, very angry, we can get very uh, uh, hopeless mm-hmm. in life when we just when we just start to focus on everything around us and not just focus on, okay, why am I here? What, what was the call again? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to be doing this for? And, and that's in anybody's life, whether you're an elder, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a father or a mother, whether you're a teenager trying to navigate through high school. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean it, you can get, it can get, you know, you're dealing with the bullying stuff or you're dealing with, with the, the hormones, you're dealing with puberty and do, you know, everything Satan can use all of that stuff Absolutely. to unfocus us. Oh, and yeah. God's trying to bless us through that stuff. And we've got to figure out which one we're going to be connected to. Absolutely. Yeah, the importance of keeping that end mission in sight, that end goal. You know, yeah. and, and I'm very fond of just explaining it. As a Christian, your end goal is to live a life that glorifies God. Absolutely. And, and part it, of our vision statement is our job here and what we're trying to do is to help everyone live out the life of Christ. That's right. That's right. And Christ lived a life that glorified God. Yeah. That's, that's what he did. He, told, he tells them at the Last, uh, the last Supper in, in John, he says very clearly, everything that I did was to bring him glory, yes, was to right. bring you glory, that's Father. Right. Well, and so as, as Christians, guys, that is our mission. If you're, if you're out there as a Christian, you're not really sure what your direction is, what you're doing, or stop, take a deep breath, and remember your life, your whole life now, your whole life purpose is to bring honor and glory to your father. It's really yeah. that simple. You know, Cole, the pandemic came and changed the way people think. Oh, yeah. Changed the way they have to approach. You know, now we're dealing with people. And I'm, and I'm sure a lot of churches, a lot of different kind of churches out there are dealing with, with people in their, in their congregations that figured out or decided it's just easier to stay at home. Mm. They got comfortable staying home. And so they just stay home. Well, I can worship from home, okay, and and they and and then we had to step back and say, okay, well, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to put out, we're going to put because we couldn't meet together, we're going to put out a live stream, and we're going to and we're going to record our, our our thing and do it when people are in the house. And now the government says we can only have 10, 10 at most ten people in the house, so that's what we're doing. And now here we are, and some people just decided, you know what? I'll just keep watching. I'll just keep watching from home. And so there's a whole new dynamic out there. You know, every time you turn around, something's going to come up that's different. But you know what? Every one of that's come back. And, and we've had, I would say, probably what, 75, 80% of Probably 80%. Yeah. 
come back at this point. 80%. <clears throat> Everybody's come back, especially the ones this like who've waited the longest at this mm-hmm. point, the ones that are trickling mm-hmm. in now. I hear it over and over and over again. Oh, we were watching online. We're so thankful for that. But it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. Yeah. And this is something that church, it, and you know, I'm going to have a class in the fall. We're going to have a class. We're going to start our classes back up in the fall. Um, we took a break over the over Wednesday, night Wednesday nights. Yeah, Wednesday but night in the fall, we're going to start another class, and it's the purpose and practice of the assembly. And we're going to look at who the church is, what the church is, and why the church assembles. And what we're going to find out is you can worship at home because your life before God is supposed to be a fragrant offering is the, the way worship, yeah. it's supposed to be a worship. So your life is supposed to be. Our worship is before God is every day. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be priests, which are you know, God to representatives of God to the people and representative of the people to God every day. That's what we're called to be in Christ. So we're right in saying you can worship at home, but what you can't get at home is the encouragement. Yeah. And what we're going to find out in that class is one of the major reasons the church assembled, got together was to encourage one another. Yeah. And that's what the people are talking about that are coming back now. They're saying, you know, it's not the same. And they're right. It isn't the same because you do not get the encouragement that you get when you're here. Absolutely. Now, look, if you have nothing else, that's why the live stream is there. That's We've right. got members. We actually, honestly, the live stream got started originally from, you know, I was talked to a few people who, who were part of that decision. But the live stream was started for people, member, our own membership, who was were traveling. Yeah. Who were going places. Mm-hmm. And now we've seen people watch from all over the country. Yeah. So um, that's a great thing. That's awesome. You know, and it's it's fun to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. But it doesn't replace the in-person encouragement no. you get from no. being with the body. And and all of those things that we'll get back to the question is, you know, the it it all of these things can unfocus us from what the true thing is, and what the right. true mission is. And that we have to be reminded sometimes that God's still in charge. Oh yeah that God still got this and he still wants to bless us and he still wants to, to grow us and get us to where we need to be. Absolutely. You know, so. And we're going to see that. We're actually going to see that in Genesis chapter 35 because in Genesis chapter 34, if, if you all remember from last week, um, they kind of had a party. Mm-hmm. They kind of had a party. Yeah. They, uh, Reuben, or excuse me, not Reuben, Levi and Simeon um, took offense at the raping of their sister mm-hmm. and butchered an entire city of people. Yeah. So now this horrible thing has happened. Judah stood by. I mean, my reading of the text in Genesis chapter 34, Judah stood by, excuse me, Jacob stood by and let it happen. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in Genesis 35 and Jacob, his last thing he said in verse 30 of Genesis chapter 34, you have bought, brought trouble on me by making me obnoxious to the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the people living in this land. We are few in number, and if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. Whoa, wait a minute here. <laughs> Did, <coughs> didn't God make you some promises? Yeah. Didn't God warrant, tell you some things, transfer some of those yeah. promises? Yeah. You know, wasn't some of them, I'll, you know, bless those who bless you? He, let the, he let the catastrophe of the day help him to forget the promise. And who did? who else did that? Do you remember? Oh, his dad did that. His dad, Abraham. Yeah. Abraham did it big time. Yeah. A couple of times. His grandfather and his dad. Yeah. There was a famine in the land and mm-hmm. off he mm-hmm. goes, right? Well, yeah, I mean and and so I mean it it it's it, you see it's easy. These are this is God's the seed line of the Messiah. That's right. Absolutely. And these folks are no different than you and I. That's right. Got caught up in the moment and forgot. 
what God promised. Oh my gosh, they're going to kill us all. Yep. You no, know? they're not. Yeah. No, God. Then that means God's a liar. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like they they've totally gotten wrapped up in this moment, mm-hmm. you know. And it happens to us. It happens to us all the time. We get wrapped up in what's going on in the moment, and we forget what our mission is. We forget what we're doing. We forget all of these things. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Yeah. We forget who's in charge. Yeah. You know, right now, um, one of the big things I know facing that's that's greatly concerning to young people is climate change, global warming, all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I'm not trying to comment on, you know, whether it is a threat or not a threat or any of these things, but do we forget who's in charge? Yeah. You know, I, I understand that people have all of these doom and gloom and predictions and everything like that. They've been doing that for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of years. People have been saying horrible things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Who's in charge? God is. As Christians, we need to remember that. And we, we need to and, remember that. And if you and if you're consumed, I mean, if that really is a bother to you, then do your part. Do your part. You know, when you change your oil, don't throw the oil, don't throw the oil out in the dirt. You know? I mean, it this is this is simple. Get this an is, electric car. Yeah, I mean, there's simple things you can do to do your part. Yeah. You know, but don't forget, you know, you say, well, my part's not gonna be enough, not be good enough. Well, if an, if enough of you do your part. Well, you can't control anything anybody else does. No. You can't. Even the government, guys, understand, even the government can't control what you do. No. You always have a choice. Mm-hmm. You're either going to do what they say or not. That's that's the difference between a law-abiding citizen and a criminal. A criminal looks at the things the government says and says, I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. Yeah. I don't care what you've said. You know, oh, you're not supposed to do this? Well, I'm going to go do it. You know, nothing you do about it. So th- this idea that if the government steps in and passes law, there are still going to be people who break that. Yeah. All you can control and all God mm-hmm. asks you to control are the things that you do. That's right. You do. You're responsible for yourself. And not to forget that he's promised that I'm not going to leave. I'm not, I'm not going to abandon you. That's right. And that's what Jacob many times has forgotten because of some of the comments he's made. You know, let's get into the text. Verse th- chapter 35, verse 1. Then God said to Jacob. So God's not going to leave him there. No, no, <laughs> no. Then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah. yeah, you remember him? This yeah. thing we just brought you through. Yeah. yeah, you remember we struggled together. I gave you a new mm-hmm. name. Yeah, you remember all that? Yeah. I saw you through that one, didn't I? Yeah, saw you through Laban and Padan Pad- when you went to Padan Aram. I had your back then. Come on, guy, wake up. Yeah, I, I got, got you back. I got, I got you. you. Back. Yeah. So Jacob said to his household and all to who were to all to all who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods. Oh goodness. Well, now we know what part of the problem is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if these are the same uh, foreign gods that uh, Rachel was sitting on earlier. <laughs> I think this is the last time we saw these foreign gods, wasn't it? Yeah. Man. But they've been around. They didn't hide them. In, they didn't hide them in the dirt. Yeah. They've been around because he told them. He said, "You got to get rid of them now." Now so they've been to out. Get rid of them. That if if they if they were buried in the dirt, it wouldn't have been a problem. Right. Right. No. They're right. They're certainly they weren't. They didn't stay in the saddlebags. They no. came out of the saddlebags. They came out of saddlebags and they started honoring them. Well, that's right. And that's you know, think about what just happened. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder which gods encourage that that type of behavior. <laughs> when we unfocus off of God, <laughs> we are going to serve something else. It's just the way it works. That's right. And when we serve something else, God will not be pleased with us. No. We forget that God has promised to protect us and promised to get us through this, and yet we're going to go serve something else. Why? Why? Why is God dealing with this fool? I mean, let, let, let's let's be honest here. He's 
stood idly by while his own son slaughtered an entire people while his daughter was raped, right? I mean, we could go back and look at Lot who pitched his tents towards Sodom, right? I mean, there's there's precedent for not doing this type of thing. Mm-hmm. These are wicked people. If they're so wicked that they're picking up women off the street and raping them, and that's the best guy in town, right? Why are you pinching, pitching your tent here? Move on. Go on down the road, guy. But he doesn't. He stays there. So his daughter gets raped, and his sons decide to avenge the rape by killing this entire town. And he stands idly by while it's going on. We get to chapter 35, and I, and I feel like I'm in a in an Abraham has lied type situation. Why doesn't God smoke him? Right here, lightning bolt from the sky, and just, I'm done. Why do you think he doesn't? Because God is faithful. Because God's promised. God's made a promise. And God is faithful. We would look at it and say, man... I'm not bound by the promise no more. I'm done because y'all are no good. But God's not like that. That's true. God's faithful. God made a promise to Abraham. He said through, and not only to Abraham, but to Isaac as well. And he's communicated that promise to Jacob. To Jacob. And he said, through your seed, all nations are going to be blessed. Here, the seed line is in, you know, we haven't got to the Messiah, but the seed line is still the promise from God. That's right. And God's not going to abandon that, that promise. God is faithful. Remember what it said? We went to Galatians, I think, way back when with, with Abraham, and it said it was credited to him as righteousness. Correct. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, this was a guy that lied and did all kinds of stuff, and yet he God credited him to his righteousness. Right. And Because and he was faithful. Because he was faithful. You know, and, and here's Jacob. Even and, when he even even sometimes when he wasn't. Even sometimes when he and, struggled. And and Jacob will also be faithful to God most of the time. And I, I think that's, a for me, that's that's huge. In Genesis chapter 35, we see once again that God is faithful. He is especially faithful when I am not. He is still faithful. Yeah. It, it, uh, it really helps to navigate through being human. Sure. Because being human is a, is a, a chore. It's a chore. Because because it's it's so difficult to to eliminate the humanity part of me and the, the and the and the negativity of me. It's so hard to eradicate that out of my life. I try, but it's hard. I look at at Jacob and I, I have a tough time judging him because I might have done the same thing in some of these situations. Probably, sure. you know, I need a God like Jacob has. You know, I think a lot of people could, especially with this last story in Genesis 34, a lot of people could identify with the standing by and letting, we would call it justice. You know, for them, it was frontier. Maybe frontier justice would be the best idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people who would, you know, yeah, they deserved it. They had it coming. Yeah. You know, look at what they did to this woman. That's not okay. And and look, you're right. It's not okay. No. It isn't okay. It is wrong. It is horrible. You know, and there's a lot of that in the world. And, so, and it sometimes it, you know, when you when you start to focus on that stuff, you have to understand that God hadn't abandoned us. That's right. This is about sin. Yeah. Okay, guys, this is about sin, folks. This is, the sin has corrupted the world. Jesus came to take away the corruption in your life. He'll come back one day and take care of the corruption in the world. But right now, he's here to take care of the corruption in your life. The corruption that you're going to get involved in, you're going to forget. You're going to, you're going to get involved in stuff. But God is faithful. And all I have to do is strive to be faithful to him and be obedient to him. And he will be faithful to me. That's, right. That's what this tells me. I want this kind of God. That's I don't right. want to be like Jacob. 
but I want this kind of God. So when I am like Jacob, this kind of God steps up and doesn't walk away and say, man, guy's a, well, what a schmuck. I'm done with him. I already know I'm a schmuck. I already know that. I'm, I'm now, I, I need a God that's going to love me in spite of that. I don't, I don't have to, I'm, I'm not going to ever not be that guy. I'm always going to have something in my life because if I, if I could get it together, then I don't need Jesus. That's right. I can't get it together. That's right. Neither can you, neither can they. I need this God. Absolutely need this God. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Verse 3, then come, let us go up to Bethel where I build, uh, where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. Maybe he's getting a hint. Yeah. Maybe he's getting a little bit. Yeah. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings in their ears. And Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Then they set out and the terror of God, listen to this, and they set out <laughs> and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them so that no one pursued them god had their back yeah he's had their back man he's got our back cole that's right you know you've got four kids and it seems like life you know couldn't get any worse sometimes when all four of them are screaming at the same time god's got your back what does he tell you be faithful to me be a good father be the be a good husband he said i got your back i will love you and i will save you one day this is all going to be over yeah you know, and I know when you have little kids, you can say, man, that day can't come soon enough. <laughs> but you know what? There's a lot of wonderment and blessings that come from having children in our lives and having and having a great wife and a great career. I mean, there's a lot of wonderment. God's blessing you and blessing us over abundantly. Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. Jesus, Jesus came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. doesn't mean I'm going to be rich and powerful and, and healthy. Oh, no. It means What it means is, I'm, man, look at, look at what we're doing here. Isn't this something? Yeah. It's amazing. He's given, put two guys together that have the talent to do this, have the ability, he, the talent he's given us, and then given the, us a part of a church that has the resources to get this done. And then have people on the other end of that, that camera that want to watch this. Sometimes that amazes me. <laughs> that amazes <laughs> it is, me. It is very cool. It is it's, very I cool. mean, to, to know that there are people out there that, are gonna, that really want to watch us? Really? Why? I'm going, why? I'm, I'm, I'm not questioning. I mean, you know... I think we do provide a, a, a great service, and we've had people tell us that. You know, I'm glad that we're doing this, but, but you know, I can look in the mirror every day. I'm going, <laughs> really? But, you know, hey, that's because of God. God has done this. He's pulled this all off and pulled this all together. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. Verse 6, Jacob and all the people with him came to Luz, that is Bethel in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar, and he called the place El Bethel because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Verse 8, Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and was buried under the oak outside Bethel, so it was named Alan Bakuth. After Jacob returned from Paddan Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you and kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I also give to you and I will give this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had talked with him. Jacob set up a stone pillar at the place where God had talked with him and he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. Jacob called the the place where God had talked with him 
Bethel. And so we see a lot of repetition here. Mm -hmm. But remember, Genesis is built on themes. And so we've seen this with Abraham, seen it with Isaac, and now we're seeing it with Jacob. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it over and over and over again, same type of stuff. I said, I mentioned earlier in Genesis chapter 34 that that this is Jacob's famine, right? We got that story a couple of times with Abraham. We saw that story with Isaac. This is it with Jacob. Mm -hmm. Now, Jacob will also face a literal famine, a famine of his own Mm -hmm. that will get him in Egypt, that will get his family down to Egypt. And that's that will that will progress that will progress the promises and the blessings of God, even though it looks really bad. It does. And so that theme, that struggle, Mm -hmm. but God is faithful, Mm -hmm. right? That struggle, we're not necessarily faithful, but God is faithful. That theme is repeated over and over and over again throughout Genesis. Mm -hmm. Another theme that we've seen over and over and over again in Genesis is just the wickedness of people. The wickedness of mankind. We've seen it from the people who are supposedly supposed to be following God. We've seen it from people who are in the land and know about God. I mean, we've seen it from every person in this story. We've seen wickedness and evil ever since the garden. Ever since they took knowledge, they, they took the ability to decide right and wrong for themselves. Well, I, something I said, this is about this is a sin problem. The, That's the, right. The world is consumed with sin, the sin problem. That, that hasn't changed even to today. You know, the, the evil that's out there is, is because of sin. Absolutely. At some point, Jesus is going to come back and fix the sin problem of the world. He's already, he's already come back out of the tomb to fix your sin problem. That's right. to, to make it possible for you not to have a sin problem. But the world's sin problem, that's still yet to get fixed. Absolutely. It will. We can help it along. We can help some because, you know, in our environment where we live, in our little, in our little area. Or we can be the light and the salt. We can absolutely. We have to be. We have to be. We have to be. You know, and knowing that I have a God like this who will not abandon me, he's made a promise to me. Mm. He's made a promise to you. That's right. He said, if you love me, if you keep my commandments, he said, you you will be my friends. You know, you'll be connected to me. Well, if as long as I do that, as long yeah. as I strive, it, it can, and he's going to take the bad stuff with it because I'm not going to always be perfect. He said, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth's not in you. That's right. So I know I'm a sinner and God still loves me anyway. That's why I love this stuff because it just convinces me and proves to me over and over and over that that's true. I can go back to look at these chapters and say, you know what, God, it's been a really garbage week. It's been a lousy week, and I've really been frustrated this week. But you know what? I know you're still there. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we see and we see this, you know, despite, you know, how many times have you heard, you know, oh, well, you know, God, how could God possibly exist because there's evil in the world? <laughs> it's like, hold on here. You're right. There is evil in the world. And God sits back and he, and he allows that to happen because he is working salvation. Because he is God. Because he is God. Well, I mean, think about it. For, you know, I've, I've told people before, if God, if you want God to handle all the evil, then he's got to handle it all. He's going to, you want him to come back. That's what you want. You want him to come back and handle it. But do you want him to handle your evil? We're real quick to point fingers and say, oh, look at all this horrible stuff. But we do horrible stuff too. Yeah. God is patient. The reason he puts up with evil, the reason he puts up with all this stuff, just like he puts up with it here, is because he's working his plan. He's bringing about salvation. God's response to evil, God's response to our sin is to try to save us and try to save as many people as he can. That's exactly right. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. Now, there will come a day. You will get your wish. 
and God will come back and he will deal with evil. You better hope you're in Christ when he does. That's right. Because if you're not, he's going to deal with you too. That's right. He's going to deal with all of it. (laughs) Only in Christ can we be made perfect. That's That's what he says. That's right. All right. We're in uh, verse 16. Then they moved on from Bethel. While they were still some distance from Ephrah, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son. As she breathed her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni. But his father named him Benjamin. So Ben-Oni is, uh, I believe, son of my trouble. Son of my trouble. And Benjamin is son of my right hand. Son of my right hand. Mm -hmm. So Rachel, the favored wife, dies in childbirth along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, we t- we don't talk we don't talk a whole lot about it all the time but God's foreknowledge. Do you think he needed to be reminded? Jacob needed to be reminded not just rescued from the trouble that he had been in, but maybe he needed to be reminded about the power of God. Yeah. Before. I think I think, I think God needs to do that in our lives a lot. I think I think he he reminds us a lot. I mean, he, remember, you know, if I'd asked you a question about this one is have you had to remind one of your children of something again today. <laughs> Which one? Well, any <laughs> Which of one them. do you want to talk any about? Of all them. of them. I'd do it to yeah. all of them. Any of them. You know, I, uh, I gave uh, Connor a job to do today, and uh, I had a, I had some boards that had some nails sticking out of it, and, and I said, I want you to nail, hammer these things in, and, and, and I want you to take the claw part of the hammer, turn them over, and pull all the nails out. I need these boards for something I'm going to do. And I said, I want to show you what I'm going to do. And I went and showed him, this is what I'm going to do with them. This is why I need the nails out. And... Uh, and uh, and I had and tomorrow I, I gave I, he had two really long ones to do with a lot of nails in them and he got those out and I said now we're gonna go eat lunch and we're done and tomorrow you're gonna do and I, you know what I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to remind him I'm gonna have to remind him oh you remember what you got to do today that's right yeah because he's not gonna remember because he's nine sure. but I'm gonna remind him and he's gonna go do it and he's gonna and he's going to knock the nails out and everything you know and it's to train him. You know, God has to remind us sometimes, and some and sometimes He uses. You know, I'm I'm trying to teach him how to work with his hands and how to, and he's really good at that kind of stuff. And so I'm giving him those things where it where it where it grows him. Sure. You know, you, you know, you were talking about little Landon today and about how he broke some toys, and yet you <laughs> you're having to remind him. Yeah. You know, when he broke his own toys, you had to remind. This is why. You're careful. Can, yeah. Isn't God having to do that with us a lot? Oh, all the time. He's having to say, Cole, isn't this what? Now you know why. And then next week you come back and he said, what did I tell you last week? You know, thank God he's patient with us. Thank God he's patient with us. Absolutely. So Rachel died. This is verse 19. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem, over her tomb. hold on to this name, Benjamin, because it's going to come to play in another couple of chapters. Big time. Okay. Okay. Uh, So Rachel died and was buried over her tomb. This is verse 20. Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Verse 21, Israel moved on. Now remember, God has, this is the second time God Mm -hmm. has renamed Jacob Israel. Mm -hmm. Um, Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond uh, Midal Eder. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Bilhah, and Israel heard of it. You know, We've we've got a, you've got four kids, I had three, okay. I had three boys, and uh, you know my youngest son has three kids. 
uh, two boys and a, and a and a girl that are are still alive. They they've had five, but they've got three that are are living. And uh, we were over there the other day, and Georgia said, "I told you." She looked at me and she said, "I told you that I was hoping he'd get one like this. Just we didn't recognize it was going to be a little girl instead of a little boy." <laughs> and and you know, and, and I'm looking at this and I'm going. You know, there's gonna. I, I told him the other day. I said, one of these days, that little girl's gonna be 16, and oh my God, are y'all gonna have fun? <laughs> you're gonna have fun with that little. And you know, there's all kinds of things that happen in these kids' lives and people's lives. And here, what happened in that house that Reuben thought it was okay to oh go goodness, in and sleep with his father's concubine? Because that's like his wife. It's not his wife, but it's like his father's wife. He should have kept his hands off of this woman. And he thought it was okay. Well, why did Simeon and Levi think it was okay to go to go do what they did and 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 uh, and take vengeance on those people on the whole city? It was only one guy that raped her, not the whole city, but they took vengeance on the whole city. That's right. Killed them all, and then plundered them. And you get a glimpse of it because here's Jacob or Israel sitting by and watching it. Why isn't he involved? It's very, it's very interesting. You know, that's a, that's a very good point. He takes note and he stands by a lot. Yeah, he does. You know, Levi and, and Simeon are, are lying through their teeth about to butcher an entire town. And, <laughs> and Jacob and Jacob hangs out and hangs his hat somewhere, you know? like And then says, look at what you've done to me. Right, and then and he's you've like, you made me a, yeah. a laughingstock. Yeah. That's not what he said. A he stench. Said, he said, you've made me a stench. <laughs> you've made me you a know, stench. You've made me obnoxious to the Canaanites and Parasites. You know, like, like he didn't have a, like he didn't have a choice. Your daughter? In this. Yeah. Your daughter was raped. Your daughter was raped and you stood by and did nothing while you watched these boys pretty much lie through their teeth, telling these people, oh, yeah, yeah, well, you just got to be circumcised. You, you just join us. Yeah. And, and we'll give you everything you want. And then, and then you find out about your, your son, your firstborn. This is your firstborn son has went in and slept with one of your concubines. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, you know, I'm wondering what the conversation is like Well, in that home. So, you know, looking at Israel, looking at Jacob, right? He was a supplanter. He was, that's, that's kind of how he was when he grew up. You know, he, he faced, he got a lot of his comeuppance, we would say, with mm-hmm. Laban and Padan Aram. But what I'm seeing a lot of in this family, and we see a lot of it today, is this inability of men to step up and say enough. Jacob just kind of goes along with it. He, he really does, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't his idea. It was his mother's idea. Hey, you go steal the blessing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it was his idea to, to steal with the lentil soup, right? Soup. That was his idea with the lentils. Oh, he wasn't saying I'm, no. Uh, right. He wasn't saying, but that, and he wasn't saying no. Yeah. But he goes along with a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. How important is it for men who are the spiritual heads of their household, right, to step up and be that spiritual head? Look at... I, They've I, got I, foreign gods. They're serving foreign gods. They got to bury those when God why calls. Why didn't he get rid of them a long time ago? Why exactly? Why didn't he get along? What is going on here? And I think I really think what we're seeing in Israel in Jacob is a is a dad is a husband who does not step up and lead his family. Where did he learn that from? Do you think he learned it from his own father and his grandfather? You know, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. But you know, you have to at some point. You cannot keep st- you cannot keep using the crutch of well my dad did it. 
You know, at some point you become a man and you got to take responsibility for what you do. Not for what, you know, I mean, all of us have history. Every sure. one of us has a history. Are you going to are you going to let the, the history divine the presence? Is that what you're going to do? If you if we let the history of our lives define the present of our yeah. lives and the future of our lives, most of us are going to be we're we're going to be lost. If that's what we do cuz most of us have a history that is not good in most of our lives. Not all, but in most of our lives. I understand, church. You know, I'm not saying everything Jacob did was bad or everything Isaac no. did or everything Abraham. There were a lot of redeeming things. They are the patriarchs and they are faithful. When God looks at Jacob where he's at and he tells him, get out of La- uh, Padanaram, get away from Laban and go home. Jacob knows he's going to have to face Esau. And he does an excellent job of turning to God and acting and walking in yeah. wisdom. Yeah, he does. There's no question, guys. Yeah, he does. And how many times in our own lives is it a mixed bag like this? I think, where, we, I think we can learn a lot from these guys. I think we absolutely. can learn a lot from all this stuff because he's got good qualities and bad qualities, just like all of us. And we got a, we, we harp sometimes too much maybe on the, on the bad, but, you know, sometimes it's really bad. Well, you know, but the bad is where we learn because yeah. the bad, we've got bad. Yeah. You yeah, know, we if, we, yeah. if you're looking at this text and you're saying, you know what, though, I've never done anything this bad, you're missing the point. You're, missing, You're the missing the point. Sin is bad no matter what. Sin it is. is bad no matter what. No matter it's what it's it bad no matter what. Yeah. You know, God doesn't look at it and go, well, you're right. You're not this bad. Are you yeah. kidding? He doesn't no. look at it that way. He said, if you've sinned, you've died. He said, He said, for all for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's and right. the wages of sin is death. That's in Romans chapter three and six. Absolutely. You know, I mean that that's what he said. You know, the wages of sin is death. And we're all guilty. What we need to understand from these these stories, church, and from from this text in particular, God is always faithful. Mm-hmm. He is working out His salvation. He's working out His plan, and He's doing it with people who are broken and flawed. Yeah, you are not out there too dirty to be cleaned up by no, God. No, that's just not no. the case. There is. We've heard that before. Though. We have. We have. We've heard that from people before. I'm too dirty to be cleaned. That's not true. If you can, if if he can clean this, he can clean that. Absolutely, absolutely. He God can. does not call the qualified; he qualifies the, the called. called. That's exactly every right. time. Every time. Say that again, so they get it. God does not quali- Excuse me. God does not call the, the qualified. qualified. He, he qualifies, qualifies the, the called. called. And if That's you're exactly. out there tonight and you're hearing the gospel, you need to respond to it. You absolutely. need to pick up the phone and give us a call. You need to reach out to us because there's nothing you have done in your life. There's nothing you have done in your life that God can't clean up. And if you know someone that's really struggling, maybe you need to give them a call and say, man, you know, I just want to remind you that God's promises are still valid. That's right. And, and, you, can, and you can still have the promises from God. Maybe you, maybe you share a message with them, a share a message of hope and of redemption for, with them. And say, thank, I thank you, God, for, for bringing this in my life. And thank you for loving me, even though I'm broken and flawed. And, and I know people that I'm going to start praying for. You start praying for folks That's right. that they can find this God that can fix broken and flawed. That's right. You know, because like you said in your sermon yesterday, and we've said numerous times, we can't fix broke. That's right. We don't fix broke. We can only take you to the one that does. This is a story about the one who fixes broke. Because he's going to fix Israel. He is. He's gonna. He's gonna work his plan. He's got a plan, guys. You know, we may we may skip chapter thirty six because it's really just a genealogy. There's really not much there. But when we get into thirty seven and on, man, he 
he has got a plan that's going to start to unfold minute by minute. It's going to start to unfold. Lots of things are going to be happening here that we're going to be talking about. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, awesome. It's, this this kind of a short chapter, but you know, it's a kind of a short class, but it, uh, but I think it uh, it's uh, powerful in what you can learn from this. Learn how to connect the dots, guys. You hear my students hear me say that all the time. Learn how to connect the dots. This this chapter connects the dots perfectly to a life that has history that you're dwelling in the history. That's right. Quit dwelling in the history and and live in the presence and the future with God. Verse 23 uh, through 26 is is a list of the Jacob's 12 sons and mm-hmm. the, the mothers. So in verse 23, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel's servant Bilhah, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Leah's servant Zilpah, Gad, and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Paddan Aram, um, except for, of course, Benjamin, who was born here. Yeah. Uh, Jacob came home to his father Isaac in Mamre, near Kirith Araba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived 180 years, then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people old and full of years, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Now, I would just like to point out that the text certainly made it sound like Isaac was on his way out a lot earlier. A long time ago. A long time ago. He lived a whole long time. He lived a whole long time, time. didn't he? Yeah, because this is, what, 20, 30 years? This is a long time. long time. He spent, Jacob spent at least 20 years, because he worked seven years for Rachel, and then he worked another seven years for her. He worked 14 years. And then stayed there and worked And then stayed there and had all of these kids. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the text... Tells you an exact number, but it must have been at least 20 years in yeah. Paddan Aram. Yeah. Um, and we thought Isaac was on his way out then. And we, well, way before that, we thought yeah. Isaac. Isaac, you know, the, the yep. picture in that story with Jacob mm-hmm. and Esau mm-hmm. and the goat hair and everything, that Isaac is like this really old man who can't see anything and is, yep. is about to die. And 20 years later. Yeah. 20 yeah. years later. So yeah. understand, church, that, you know, the, the text here is a story. It is a narrative, and it is pointing things out. It doesn't mean it's not real or these things didn't happen. It just means that it's a story, and sometimes yeah. you got to fill in the blanks. That's absolutely right. How, how old was Isaac, really? How close to death was he, really, when he lives probably another 20 years mm-hmm. after that event? So you got to read in between the lines. you got to go back and connect the dots. you got to see the story that is being told. Absolutely. you got to look at the characters. And it's look all at what very the, important. What the, look at what, the, what the, the text is trying to teach you. You know, I think, I think all, many of these chapters are trying to teach us that God can deal with flawed people. Oh, and, for sure. And accomplish great things in their lives. That is absolutely. We're going to see, you know, he keeps promising. He promised Abraham that kings were going to come from his line. He promised yeah. Isaac the same thing. He promised Jacob the same thing. In the chapter we 36. Got a lot of, we got a long time before that happens. No. In chapter 36, Esau's descendants are chiefs. Oh, yeah. They're already chief. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah mean, Esau's we, descendants. I yes. mean, we see, we can go back and look at Ishmael's genealogy. And Ishmael was, of course, par with par on but course for Isaac. But when you look at it from, from Jacob's seed line, it's going to be a long time yet before that any of that stuff. Well, going Joseph to is going to be second to Pharaoh. Yeah, but that's not that. I understand what you're saying, but that's not. You know, when you start talking about uh, about some of the kings, David, Saul, and some of these other. Oh, ones, you're that's right. A, yes, that's a long ways off. That's that's still you a know, ways off. And the in, pointing to yeah. Christ is a long ways off. Well, and the ultimate king comes from their line. So I mean, really, yes. yeah. And that's still a little. That's bit off. that's a long ways off. All yeah. right. Okay. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for this class. We thank you. I pray that that uh, there's been some in the audience that have been able to be uh, to be blessed and benefited by this class. I pray that that you help us to uh, continue to look to you for our guidance. Help us to be reminded over and over that that when times get really hard and we do some things maybe we shouldn't have done, that you're still there. That you're not going to abandon us. That you're going to that you still love us and that you can still do great things in our lives. And we thank you for that, yeah. Father. Help keep continue to remind us that over and over and over. And it's in the name of your Son we pray. Amen. Amen.